Tales of Panam, a Hunger Games podcast. My name is Claire, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm glad to have you all joining me this week. Make sure to check out my social media, which is at Tales of Panam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for updates, episode information, and more. This week, I am being joined by a few friends to talk about everyone's favorite couple, Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves and then we'll get into the episode. Hi, I'm Emily. You can find me, uh, or uh, pronouns you here, you can find me on Twitter at Stardust at, at underscore Stardust M and on TikTok at Stardust M. Uh, you can also follow my podcast, uh, Castle Run Relay, uh, on all platforms, even though we haven't uploaded an episode in like a month, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Uh, I was introduced to the series in middle school, right before the first book came out. Like everyone in my class had read it in their like sixth grade year, and I felt left out. And I also remember like they were starting to do promo for the movie. Like, oh, it's like on E! News at night. They'd have like a little promo for it. So I was like, I'll read it. And I immediately became like obsessed with it. And I was like, oh, this is like the best book that I've ever read. And I just maintained my obsession all throughout middle school and high school until the last movie came out. And even now, like, I love it. And I was like, the first day Ballad of Songbirds and Stakes released, I was in Target, double messed up 2020, <laughs> trying to find that book. I was like, you don't understand, it's more Hunger Games. Uh, okay, hi, um, my name is Ari. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me at Millennium Pod underscore on Twitter and Twitter alone. It's a sad life these days for me, but that's okay. Um, do follow me on Twitter, though, because i'm hilarious when i post um oh my pronouns are she her oh my goodness what a disaster um hunger games similar to m actually everyone in like grade six read it and then in grade when i was in grade seven that was when the first movie was coming out and i was like well nuts everybody like literally everybody and their dog had read it so i was like i guess i have to read it since it's gonna be a big thing and it was a big thing and it has been a big thing for me for literally the last decade um so obsessed I like genuinely believe that it should be required reading for literally everyone um and I also believe that if you read it as like a youth as I did at first you should have to read it again when you reach your 20s because it hits so much harder um so yeah I unfortunately did not rush out to the store to get songbirds and snakes but i did listen to the audiobook relatively soon after it came out and that was such a sleigh and i was super excited that it was so good like suzanne came out of hiatus and just like gave us gold on a platter so yeah 10 out of 10 so many That's people a... are like we're like why is she writing a book about snow like she's like why would you do that she's gonna make him sympathetic and i was like girl think think through think through why we might be writing a story about the villain in the year 2020. Also, like, like Suzanne Collins, can we have a little yeah. please? Like, she has never written anything bad. No, no. Literally. I was like, she was ahead of the curve on commentary in the Hunger Games. What do you think she's going to do here? That's the thing. Like, I think, yeah. you know, rereading it as an adult, just like you understand it more. But also mm -hmm. just like some of the like political commentary that was happening. I was like, how is this even more relevant now than it was when it was written? 
Like yeah. she really foresaw yeah. the route things were going down 10 years before it even started happening. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, like when I was young, it was like, oh, this is just like such a fun little dystopian book. Kind of so cool. And then yeah, I remember like as a like a full adult who'd lived in the real world reading it again I was like oh my goodness I'm being radicalized for the second time but this time it's deeper <laughs> oh my god um speaking of relevant politics and the world we live in um I do want to make a brief statement about the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strike that is happening um I'm not gonna go into all the details because you know Google is free uh, but, but as it pertains to this podcast, um, I personally am going to be adhering to the sort of influencer guidelines that have been put out by the unions, um, which basically just means I'm going to continue to use this podcast pretty much as normal, stay on my bi-weekly schedule, but I'm not going to be doing any like specific promotion of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes movie until the strike is ended and the writers and actors are being compensated fairly. Um, just as like a personal thing so that's just my little disclaimer I guess about why I'm not going to be talking so much about the movie hopefully studios can get it together and we can reach a fair agreement but we'll see what happens um all that being said they deserve it's really dark anyway um it's bleak So, like I said, this week we're talking about Katniss and Peeta, mainly their relationship, but just them as individuals, too. We love them. Um, And I am starting, this is my first non-character or, like, book section episode, but I'm basically using the same format that I do for the character episodes. So I'm going to start with a little opening quote, and then we're just going to get into literally everything about them. Um, So the quote I picked is from the first novel. And it's, to this day, I can never shake the connection between this boy, Peter Malark, and the bread that gave me hope and the dandelion that reminded me that I was not doomed. Literally, you might cry reading it. Um, <laughs> especially because I just, this is like so early on in their relationship when she still doesn't really trust him, doesn't think she has any real feelings for him, doesn't even like know what his- She would like him that much. And she's like, but I just I have this like this strong guy. connection between him and like, feeling hopeful and like and like and things that are like good in my life like okay like I just like feel the need to like (laughs) and I just like feel the need to like defend him vehemently when he like puts himself down about him not being able to win the games wonder what that's about I'm just like girl it's so obvious and it takes novels to figure this out but you know she's got a lot going on can't say I blame her but also like literally everything she says or thinks about him I'm like girl <laughs> like the dots <laughs> and I just yeah the like their whole all the interactions they had when they were like children that we obviously kind of get like flashbacks to and also a lot of it comes from like Peta himself talking about it and how they there's also another quote where he I don't know he's talking about how like he's been in love with her since they were kids as he does um and she says something like, apparently I've not been like as oblivious to him as I thought. And I'm like, you literally have thought about him so much throughout your life because of these like few small moments. Like, I mean, obviously the him throwing her the bread was like a huge moment because she like literally would have died. Um, but just like holding on to that so many years later and it's a combination of 
part of her feeling this almost like she owes him something for that when obviously he never would expect anything in return because that's just who he is but also like this like deep sense of gratitude and also this like this connection yeah that like she's saying she has between him and just like hope that there will that things will get better or like that you can get through whatever and like that's something that can't can't be shaken by her like even in times when she's like I literally hate him or like I can't be with him because like that's what the capital wants but like she always turns to him as like a symbol of goodness and hope and that's why like whatever happened the two of them ending up together specifically like the way she feels about him was inevitable from the start because she always connected him to like everything that was good in her life oh my so god true. I feel like he's always been like a symbol of hope for her even though like she didn't realize it like at all for like a lot of it because she's kind of mm-hmm. dense but you know what love her to bits um but yeah just like always been that like solid person and especially like once they actually start talking to each other and go through the games and everything like he's literally always the person that she like actually trusts because I know there's like she thinks she trusts Gail but then we all know Gail's (laughs) complete shit so I feel like subconsciously she always like trusts him and it makes sense too like even if that romance wasn't there which it very clearly is but even if it wasn't there like it totally makes sense they've gone through this like horrible thing together and then I mean obviously she's in love with him I just she's so funny the way she's like oh yeah Pita I never want to see him again after the game she's like it's finally over I'm free of him (laughs) (laughs) my girl you're you're more delusional than a lot of people out there (laughs) and like also the fact that I don't know if this is like creepy but like in a way it's like almost like in his DNA because like obviously we had uh his dad saying uh saying his mom was like so beautiful as a child like how he had a crush on her and then like him pointing Katniss out to PETA um on like their first day of kindergarten it's just like yeah so amazing I, I, I really like that like small detail of it um yeah um the I just die when he was like oh I remember when you got up there and you sang in like kindergarten with your two little braids instead of one so (laughs) like I know and I'm I'm always like a childhood best friends to lovers like that's always my shit but like and so you you think that like oh it's like you know Gail was her childhood best friend like why would you not root for them but like even though her and Peter were not close growing up they have a connection that has literally been there since they were like very very small children and so mm-hmm. like whatever happened in between like they always were going to be even if they never got reaped for the Hunger Games even if they like never spoke again they always had like their childhood bonding them in a way that even if they never saw each other again it still would and like you know they would have continued to think about each other and like the impacts on their lives before they even really knew each other despite the fact that like they might not have ever gotten close or like gotten together if they hadn't been reaped for the Hunger Games it was just like a sort of twist of fate but they yeah. were do you guys, essential to each other do you guys think PETA would have ever like told her I think if about they didn't get raped. all the time oh my god because 
I don't know it's so hard because part of me is like I want to say yes like I want to believe that like no matter what happened they would have ended up together and I also think that it there are definitely people that think that they kind of only stayed together because they had so much trauma that like was in common and I'm like that's not at all the situation and so I do think that like they could have been together and been like as in love as they were without having to go through everything that happened to them but as it comes to like would PETA have like approached her about it I'm like I don't know I hope so (laughs) I I hope so but then like I feel like we do kind of end up in the same situation of like that initial conversation that she had with Gail of like even if she returned his feelings like she would never want to have kids so I, I don't even know if she would put like if she would open herself even to like a marriage for fear of having children because mm-hmm. like part of me is like oh would she if like if Peta never told her would she just have like settled for Gail but I think like that initial conversation is basically her being like no because like she would never be able to raise kids in that specific environment of like pre-rebellion uh but then I but then part of me is like they're destined to be together so I wonder if Pita would have like you know she would have not been able to like imagine her life without him at a certain point like she ends up doing in um the series I also just think that he and this is getting kind of into like Mockingjay too but whatever he's always been so consistent in her life like he is always the reliable person that she has in a way that literally no other person is because like yeah, I mean even like her own mother she can't rely on a lot of the time and like all the other people in her life like she has Prim but like Prim's a child and she has this kind of like I need to shield her and Gail should have been that person but it reaches a point in like Catching Fire and especially in Mockingjay where she's like there are a lot of things I don't even want to talk to him about because it's either going to start a fight or he's going to like say something stupid and I'm going to have to argue with him. Um, And so when we get to the point where like PETA, the one person she could always count on, like she literally can't count on him anymore, not because of anything of his own doing, but because like he literally can't even control his own thoughts. And she has this realization of like, oh, I actually needed him a lot more than I thought I did. Like by that point, she's kind of recognized like how important he is to her, but I don't think she really has an appreciation for like him as a person until ironically enough, his old self is like completely unrecognizable. Yeah. And like, obviously I think it like starts in Catching Fire. I guess I don't want to jump ahead, but like, obviously we had the beach scene where like she starts to recognize like, the only person who would be broken beyond repair if Peta died would be me. And I think that's, like, the first, like, symbol of, like, uh, even to herself, really, maybe, that, like, this is her person forever. And then, obviously, in Mockingjay, like, we actually see just how broken she is without Peta. And then when he comes back and he is no longer himself, like, just how much that wears on her um in a way because like like we said like obviously they have the they do have their like shared trauma but I I it does go deeper than that like Peta understands her I think even outside of the games in a way that I don't think anybody else in her life does and like you said it's it's someone that she can rely on 
without having to worry about burdening them in a way or like having to be like oh well I can rely on them but maybe they'll break or maybe they'll uh like Gail too it's like now I think too there's a layer of like his feelings for her like I can rely on Gail but now I know that he has like a romantic attraction to me so that adds a a layer to our relationship that is that complicates things I also think yeah the the shared trauma thing is interesting too because I don't like obviously Gail didn't go through the things that they went through but it's not that he didn't go through it it's that he didn't like try to understand why mm-hmm. she was so different when she came back yeah yeah he's just like oh you're so like different now and it's like yeah I wonder why I like maybe if you were like thinking for one second about what she actually went through not on a like oh she went to the hunger games like she almost died that's terrible but like the just like even even in the moments in the games where you're not like actively killing someone or like fighting someone or running for your life it is a horribly traumatic experience and like he instead of like supporting her and trying to be there for her and even being like I'll never really understand what you went through but like I want to support you he was just like but I'm in love with you so think on that and it's like I think I think she's thinking on other things right now bro like I really think that she is and so that's why like even if you flipped it like okay Gail goes into the games with her and Peta stays back Peta would have still been there for her in a way that Gail never was and so it doesn't really matter like who went through what with who it just is a matter of like understanding her as a person and how she has been shaped by the traumatic things that have happened to her even if like he himself didn't personally experience the same things and like obviously Katniss like she definitely is a person that connects with people via their shared experiences like you know her initial connection with Gail of like we are both the supporters of our family our fathers both died in the same mining accident like we are doing everything that we can to survive even though like we are barely of age to do that um like obviously and I think in the similar way that like she connects with Finnick because like he knows what it's like to go through the games he knows what it's like to love another Victor um and that connection and like Hamish and all that he's lost like there's obviously something that's important to her but uh obviously there are other elements to her relationships but it's not surprising then that like after the first games like yeah she does feel this connection with this deeper connection with Peta because like he does understand what she went through uh and 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 has that shared experience that and and understands her um and but also understands the other elements of of her life that he didn't go through the you know being raised in the seam and having a parent who who died and having to be, you know, the main supporter of your family, um, he also takes that part of her in a way that, like, Gail does not take the part of, like, her that, like, won the games as much. Yeah, it's almost like Gail wants to, like, erase that because he doesn't like that she's, like, quote-unquote damaged, you know? Like, he wants her to just be the same strong hunter, provider, lady, whatever that she was before she went into the games. And that's just not there. Like, that Katniss is dead. She's gone. Like, she she can't come to the phone right now. She's gone, Gail. Um, and I think for me, too, the, 
the point where I realized that PETA should be endgame for Katniss <laughs> because he's just that much better is like in Catching Fire, there's like such a good parallel between like Gail being a bitch about the fact that <laughs> she kissed PETA. I hate Gail, if you can tell. <laughs> I can't Gail, but um, Gail being a little rat bastard because he's like, I cannot believe you like kissed him, whatever. Being a boob, essentially. Um, and then there's a point where so we have Gail doing all that. And there's a point where Peta has been like giving Katniss a bit of the cold shoulder because she's been giving him the cold shoulder because she doesn't really know what's happening. Um, which fair, valid on both of their parts. But then Peta like literally goes up to Katniss and apologizes to her and is like, I am sorry that I've been acting wounded. You do not owe me anything that happened in the games. And like, I just want to, like, I want to be your friend. And in order to do that, I have to stop acting like, I think he says like a wounded animal or something like that. And just like that parallel between like these two men who are obviously important in Katniss's life, but one being so selfish and the other one being so selfless. It's just like, Tina is just so amazing. I like, just, I cannot fathom how anyone ever with a brain has been team Gale. Like, and that's always that argument too is like when you pull up the like oh gail never like respected her feelings after the games and made it all about like oh but how do you feel about me personally and then people will be like well like Peta did the same thing and it's like yes but who apologized and actually changed how they were acting because it wasn't gail gail and- never apologized he never made a change even like in well into mocking jay like sir we are in the middle of a war why are you like talking to this girl asking her if she loves you back like I just like it's so not important right now and I I I do you know like I can I can empathize with him like I understand that it sucks to be in love with someone who does not love you back but like at some point you have to realize that she is going through things that are much much worse and much more important than that and it is not her responsibility to make you feel better. And that is what Peta immediately realizes when he's been treating her this way and like literally apologizes for and is like, sorry that I've been kind of expecting you to like talk about things or like acknowledge our feelings or like have this conversation that like you're clearly not ready to have and is not your responsibility to have. And once again, even after he apologizes for it, we see a noticeable difference in the way that he is acting around her and treating her and like talking to her. And so he like actually changed his behavior in order to not be like that. Meanwhile, Gail literally never does that and continues to act also, like a child. Also to be also to be fair to Pity, he has way more reasons to be mad and slightly yes. questioning her feelings because of like the whole thing of like what happened in the yes. first games. Like, obviously we know that like, she despite what she says she was not faking all of that like she very the whole first kiss thing um like she was not faking that like and obviously she likes Peta as a person like uh and like Gail doesn't really have that <laughs> like you know like at least Peta to me it's like you're kind of justified at me like would love to know where you stand with me because like the last time I thought I knew where I stood with you turns out that was not at all what was happening whereas like I like Gail it's like he's like where do I stand with you I'm like buddy she has made it clear like time and time again where you stand with her like and you keep pushing this like idea of like a romance or something more and also you're not blind what the fuck do you think is happening with Pita like I should have warned you that I was gonna be on Gail hate train I okay I always anyway um (laughs) 
but no it's like similar to like jumping off what em said it's like i empathize with Peta because it sucks to be led on which kind of is what happened like obviously there's all these extenuating circumstances but like if anyone has a right to be kind of like sad and pathetic it's Peta in the aftermath of the first hunger games and then yet still he's the bigger man and is like no i'm sorry I still want to have a relationship with you, whatever that means for you, um, which is just like such an act of like actual love, you know, like meeting the person you love where they are, whereas Gail just keeps like trying to push it and trying to manipulate her when it's like, she, as you said, she's given zero indication that she has ever been into Gail, like ever. I, I don't like even like in the beginning when they're talking about like running away like I never read that as like oh let's run away together and like be cute in a couple it's like no let's run away for survival whereas like, like yeah, obviously even Peter, Katniss herself it. acknowledges that there was never anything romantic between her and Gail so when she comes back and he's all like I can't believe you were like kissing Peter in the games it's like <laughs> you guys weren't dating like, like you were what? not a couple why are like I, I get being like, oh, this this kind of hurt me because, like, I have feelings for you. But, like, he doesn't approach it that way. He approaches it like, you have wronged me personally by kissing a guy. <laughs> me, your best friend, who we have never had anything beyond a platonic relationship. But, like, I it is person You did this to hurt me specifically. And then, yeah, and then yeah. Again, when she, like, asked him to run away in Catching Fire because she's like, hey literally everyone we care about is going to be killed and he's like is Peter gonna be there bro are you oh, that makes me so mad well, when she asks he's like Peter yeah run let's away, run away like, I'll run away with you yeah literally he's like let's run away I'm down and then she's like and Peter and he's like absolutely not I would she's rather like, stay here like 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 what do you think that they're gonna do to Peter and Hamish if Katniss disappears oh damn sorry <laughs> like of course she wants to take them along and then he's like Uh, oh my god like wow you want to run away i i'm in love with you and she's like that's not what this is like i'm (laughs) here for my life right now um and so should you because you have a whole family too you have like multiple younger siblings like who are also now in danger you should probably want to leave too like i'm just saying um and i get like you know, wanting to stay and, like, if there is going to be a rebellion, he really wants to be a part of that. And, like, I can respect that. But, like, that should be the only reason. The reason shouldn't be, and also because I am jealous and you don't want to, like, get married or whatever. And so, yeah, anyway, Pia just, he's just so selflessly in love with her, like, that even he he just wants her to be happy above all else and if that means being happy not with him then he's totally fine with that like obviously you know it sucks but like he he is more than willing to do whatever is going to make her happy and like at the end of the day that is what it actually means to love someone is like wanting them to be happy and caring about them not caring about like the way that they make you feel and that's always how it is with Peta. is he always is putting Katniss first and her feelings and like whatever she needs even like to his own detriment like there are a lot of things that he does for her or does with her like to protect her that like are really hard for him to do because of the way he feels about her but he's never once going to like second guess himself or like be like oh do I really want to do this because like it's going to make me feel sad, even though it'll make her feel happy. He's always like, no, I'm 100% willing to do that for you. And then like, I'll deal with my own feelings. Because like, at the end of the day, that's 
his problem and I don't mean that in like a like oh it's his problem that he's in love with her like but it's not it's definitely not her problem and it's you know it's each person's responsibility to kind of manage their own feelings especially in a situation where the under other person is in no position to help you because she has her own things to figure out and doesn't even know what her own feelings are like she's so confused throughout all three books about what she feels for who and Peta the whole time is like no pressure like you do you I'm there are no expectations here and Gail is like no you need to like figure this out and like I'm gonna keep bringing it up and asking you about it knowing that it just confuses her even more like every time she has an interaction with him she leaves it like questioning literally everything but every time she interacts with Peta like there's literally there's those whole scenes in Catching Fire like when they're in the Capitol, all the scenes where they're like up on the roof having like the little picnic and stuff and she literally is like I know like everything's awful right now and we probably are going to be dead within the next like week but I don't really care because I just feel good and safe right now and like that is exactly what you should feel when you are with someone who loves you and who you love back even if you don't recognize that yet like the fact that you feel good when you're with him is such a huge indication of how you feel about him and then when like obviously later when she's actually kind of piecing together how she really does feel about him she's like wow every time I'm with him I just feel safe and I feel happy and again I think it it she recognizes that even more when he becomes a person that it is unsafe to be around especially for her she realizes why that's such a big contrast is because she never felt unsafe with him from like not quite the beginning because like they were kind of in the Hunger Games and so like she kind of couldn't trust him but like once they actually started to get to know each other she has never once felt unsafe with him and it to the complete opposite she feels safer with him than she does with literally any other person on the planet I would literally kill to know what Gil's reaction to the if it wasn't for the baby uh drop was I literally need to know like someone someone needs to write the whole series from Gail's perspective. He, he pushed a hole for a wall for sure. <laughs> for sure. They needed to Gail. do, like, in the first movie when they have, like, those few scenes of, like, Gail watching them kiss, they need like, to yeah. kiss and he's so pissed as fun. He looks so angry. I'm like, you're <laughs> such it's a so funny. I'm like, I shouldn't be laughing right now, but, like, I really am. <laughs> it's just, like, he looks so, like, moody, and it's, like, you're really gonna be mad that she's doing he's what she's gotta do to like live and he's actually she's literally like in a serious relationship before she left and they literally were not they were just friends nothing they, more like, nothing happened <laughs> they didn't even like kiss for the first time until after the first games like and he i swear to god he only did that because he was like ah shit my time is coming <laughs> to a close i have to <laughs> like i have to confuse her now like Ah. take my claim oh my god my time is going to a close <laughs> he makes me so irrationally angry he just knew he could never compete with Peter Mullark and he was like it's so over like if I ever had a chance with this girl I don't it's anymore. Jover <laughs> it's Jover Jover like maybe if you weren't the worst Gail maybe if you weren't hashtag the worst you would have stood a chance Let's... no it's also the fact too that like specifically in the beach scene in the in catching fire they're like it's first of all that scene's like amazing and love it 10 out of 10 but like 
in the after like after that scene Cadmus like says like in her mind something along the lines of like oh that was nice but now we have to like go back to the games and it's like the fact that she could even like separate herself from the games when she's literally sitting on a beach just seeing a whole bunch of people who have already won the games like die there's still a few of them out there she's like not sure about this whole like alliance thing like there's so many factors that are arguably way worse than the first games and the fact that she's able to just be like oh I almost forgot I was in the games for a hot second because it was just like nice to be talking to PETA. Gail's always had her on edge like he's always raging about something he's always bringing attention to like their hardships and stuff but PETA like he's just like such a solid beacon of just like peace and hope I don't know you know like he's just yeah she also like she was a person who always like thought survival was kind of the only thing that mattered and like it's just because you know it kind of had to be when she was growing up and so yes she cared about Gail yes they were extremely close but their friendship started out as being about like purely survival and it kind of moved from that but like in many ways it kind of didn't where she was like Gail's always the person I can turn to when I'm worried about like my family not having enough to eat or like who's gonna provide for them while I'm not there and all those things are very important yes but I think that what is so unique about PETA is that he makes her realize that there are things that matter beyond just surviving. And she is also realizing that at a time when like she's survived two Hunger Games and then she's about to survive a literal war. But even when it gets to the end of that and they've won, she's like, wow, I still literally feel awful because I've just been focusing on survival. And so when we get to like her and PETA's relationship, it's like, oh, but I can just be with him and actually feel happy and realize that like there are other things that matter like feeling joyful and being loved and loving someone else and all of these things that she never thought that she would be able to do because it was always about fighting for your life literally um and then sort of especially like after we get to like after the war and she actually has a chance to have a life outside of like the capital and the like constraints of like being from district 12 and never having enough to eat and always having to be like fighting for survival and she realizes that like oh the things that are actually important to me are feeling happy and feeling hopeful and like feeling loved and cared for and PETA is the person who always made me feel that so when we get to the end it's never like a difficult choice or it's not a like oh do I really want to spend the rest of my life with PETA it's just obviously I do because he makes me feel happy in a way that I never thought I could be like a domestic bliss that she never would have been able to imagine for herself Mm. ever in her life literally it's not even that she thought it was like unattainable it's that she like literally just couldn't even fathom that that was like something that could ever be achievable in the state of the world but like Peta like brought her into the light essentially and that never would have happened with Gail (laughs) yeah the fact that she felt safe enough to have kids like that's Mm -hmm. like I mean a lot of people point out like I hate when people do this argument of like oh well like Katniss is one of the examples of like in the epilogue they like take the power away and then make them domestic but it's like but with Katniss like that is her ideal ending Katniss being able to not fight anymore feeling safe enough and secure enough in the world and safe enough with another person 
to have children, to have a family, to know that that's not going to get ripped away from her at any uh, like moment is is the ending that that was perfect for her. It is everything that that she never could have had. And so she could never even really thought she about what she would want, but that in the end she realized she did want because she could do it in safety with the man that she loved surrounded by the people that she loved. And these are the things that have always been important to her. Like family has been the most important thing to her since literally the first page. Like basically Mm -hmm. the entire series is about her trying to save her sister. Like family has always been so important to her. And so to be like, oh, well, she never wanted to have kids. So like why'd she have to have kids in the end? It's like, it's so not that she didn't want to have kids. And it's that she would never want to endanger a child by bringing them into a world where like horrible things happen to children. And so when you see a point, it's both telling about like how safe she feels with PETA and also like the faith she has in like the new world they're in that she feels that she can raise a child and not have to be constantly worried that something terrible is going to happen to them. And that's the first time she's ever been able to feel that. So of course she feels differently about it than she did when she was like, it was literally the morning of the reaping. And she was like, yeah, why would I ever want to have kids? Because they'll just have to grow up exactly like I did and so or the idea that she couldn't change her mind from a Mm -hmm. from something she said when she was 16 years old yes really yes like yeah she's 16 (laughs) the morning of the reaping like a lot of things have changed in her life since she said that one thing one time when she was 16 like I said a lot of shit when I was 16 that I don't like and it's also anymore. the ending that ending for her too is again because sometimes a lot of times the like like pregnancy trope kind of is like oh this woman who is like a warrior or, like a fighter but then she has kids and she like can't do that anymore but Katniss never wanted to fight like she never mm-hmm. wanted to kill people she never wanted to be a soldier I, like we have not want to be a leader series. even exactly like we have people like Gail who like Gail always wanted to fight and that's like what's interesting about his character is that like he wanted to fight the capital his entire life and so when the opportunity to be a soldier presented itself he really wanted to do that but like for her that was never how she wanted to contribute to the world she always was about like taking care of her family and like providing for the people she cares about and she ended up having to be a soldier and a fighter just by pure circumstances and pure terrible luck But then when it's all said and done, of course, she's not going to keep living that way. Like, that's never what she wanted. And what she does want is to have a happy life surrounded by people who she loves and people who love her. And for her, that meant having children and raising them in, like, the new world that they fought for. Yeah. And, like, when we're talking, and, like, I think people, too, when you're talking about, like, Katniss and family, like, it's not even just, like, her direct family, like, Prim and her mother, like, it is her chosen family, it's the people that she chooses, like, that's, like, a whole thing, and I think, like, it pertains to the relationship with Gail, even, is, like, Gail knows that Katniss loves her family, but doesn't seem to realize that her family now is, includes Hamish and Peta that those are, that's her family now, like, that, when she's talking about protecting the people that she loves like that includes them that then and then that includes like also after she meets him like Finnick like uh she 
like those like that is important to her but it's yeah it's not just about the blood relation it's about family to like Katniss is like yeah it's like whoever she feels safe with whoever she feels understands her and 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 loves her and wants to protect her too because I think that's a really big thing with Hamish is also in addition to Peta like obviously it's like a very different context but I think obviously with like Hamish and Peta you have two men in her life who like want so deeply to protect her in a way that she hasn't really felt probably since her her father died yeah thinking about that line this is so unrelated where she's like about Hamish she's like like it or not he's family now too and I was like oh my god it's true (laughs) yeah I can't do it I'm gonna cry um Hamish though this is like kind of a completely different topic but just the way that Hamish understands Peta so well like I know we always talk about how well he understands Katniss because they're like the same in a lot of ways but he has this really deep understanding of Peta's emotions that you wouldn't expect from someone like him someone who is so closed off to their own emotions but like it's the mm-hmm. scene I always think of as the one where they're on the train during the victory tour and Katniss is like well, let's just get married like gonna happen anyway and Peta is like yeah whatever and he like walks out and Katniss is like why is he mad I thought that this is what he wanted and Hamish is like he wanted it to be real and then she's like, yeah you're right and I'm like just oh my god yeah Hamish and Peta's relationship so underrated and again you could like, live a thousand lifetimes like, Hamish and, and never Katniss. deserve him <laughs> oh like, my god yeah. oh my god Ugh. like the idea that even Hamish like and because they're so similar but like even Hamish sees like how good Peta is and like how good Peta is for for Katniss but also even for him like I think Hamish like obviously like uh in the same way yeah that obviously like Katniss is like a daughter to him like Peta is his his son like the I think losing Peta to the capital like that's just as hard on him um and I do wonder too like because I know uh Hamish talks about having like a girlfriend and obviously like there might have been something like up with her um her him and the girl that he was in the arena with too so like I also think like that might be part of it is like it's been so many years but like deep down just like Peta like Hamish was that like lover boy like he he had somebody he loved and and unfortunately lost her uh from because of the capital and so he understands exactly what Peta is going through and like also doesn't want him to have to experience that okay not to get into the deep Hamish Abernathy lore that exists in my head (laughs) um but I always okay I always think about yeah Hamish had a girlfriend like before he goes to the arena and then she gets killed along with like his mother and his younger brother because of what he does with the force field with like using it to to win the games um and so I always think whenever he says that like you could live a hundred lifetimes I think about how like he had a girlfriend before he went to the games and she got killed because of what he did and he always blames himself for that even though like obviously it's not his fault but like Mm -hmm. we know what kind of person he is like we know he's always gonna blame himself for that and feeling like you know he probably feels like he never deserved her in the first place but much less after like his actions resulted in her death at least like again like how he sees it um and so whenever he says that line I'm like yeah I have a lot of Hamish lore that is not real but I made it up 
it's 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 canon to us i feel yeah, like you're the fan fictions i wrote even. one chapter of and then never continued i did start writing a Hamish abernathy like hunger games fan fiction um and like i really do need to finish that because like actually it's all written in my brain i just need to like put the words down because i understand him so deeply actually oh i just remembered the Hamish abernathy uh fan film and oh actually, my god what if what if i made edits <laughs> what I if really i made it this is me trying Hamish abernathy yeah. edit. <laughs> My Hamish Abernathy Please. playlist like needs to be like taken. You're, me. It's <laughs> insane. It's my most liked Spotify playlist too. And I'm it's like, it's so good, but it is insane. You have to send it to me. I don't think I have it. I want to be sad about Hamish. <laughs> Here, let me like, it. It's so oh. crazy. Yeah, I need it. Like, I need to lose my access to it because it really it's bad for me. <laughs> Why are the comments turned off? which Abernathy fan film Uh, no I need to go comment no I love it 13 million views as you deserve it's okay I don't think I could handle the comments because what if there's bad things about Hamish in there so true okay also about Hamish has nothing to do with Katniss and Peeta but I always think about like how in his interview before the games Caesar was like how do you feel about your chances with like there being twice as many tributes and he's like well they'll all be like the same amount as stupid as usual and I'm like I love you so so much and just the way that like that's how he used to be and like sometimes you can see little parts of like his former self but like now he's so like cynical and like sad all the time but like occasionally he'll say something and I'm like oh there's little teenage Hamish Abernathy anyway that has nothing to do with Katniss yeah. Peeta, though. So, <laughs> once again, I am going off track about Hamish. That has nothing to do, but they did watch it together. So, we'll, we'll bring it back. They <laughs> That's did watch true. It That's true. And then after they watch it, Katniss is like, wow, I understand myself so much more now after watching a video of Hamish in his games. And I'm like, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Katniss and Peeta, wow. Let's see. I don't remember. I don't even know what we were talking we, about. We've skipped around so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, you know what we need to talk about is how my life and everyone else's life was changed when I read She Came Here With Me in the first book. Like, lives were changed. Like, I was hooked. The first time reading that, gagged. I, I really, I was like, Oh, like, 12-year-old me did not know how to cope. And now, like, 24-year-old me is the same. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how did he do that? I remember because I I watched the first movie before I read any of the books because I was too young to be reading the books. I was too young to be watching (laughs) the movie when it came out, to be fair. I still watched it. Um, And then I was like, okay, I have to read these books. But, yeah, I remember him being like, she came here with me. And I was like... Oh, I'm seated. I, I'm engaged in this film. Oh my god. This is like truly like my first like ship. Like this was like mm-hmm. my first, like I was obsessed, like reading, reading fanfic, looking in at many fan ways, of them. Did irreparable damage to like my own romantic life because whenever I think of romance, like this was the first idea of romance I had. And I had to learn that like men like Peter Malark just aren't out there like they simply don't exist they um, nope but that was always like my expectations were set by Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark and now I have to be like 
That's so unrealistic. Readjust. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally I like my brain chemistry. Like, literally. <laughs> like, I was like, really, he's like the man ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know why ever. others try. Usually don't make him like that. <laughs> you just don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> no. There simply has not been a book boy quite like Peter Malark ever again. Even, like, I, like, books and whatever still try to do, like, the, like, brainwashing trope. And I'm, like, it will never hit in the same way. It will never hit, like, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on when you read that for the first time. And it goes for her throat. And you're, like, what the fuck is happening? I literally, okay, I've said this, like, five million times on this podcast, but it has to come up again. That I read Mockingjay for the first time, like, in one sitting. And I have, like, literally such vivid memories of, like, sitting in my living room couch reading that book, like, cover to cover. And, like, I remember so specifically reading that moment of being like, Peter, what? Why is, why is he, why is he, why is he doing that? So young? Oh, my God. And then finding out the actual reason why is even worse. Like, I, like, you expect it to be like, oh, maybe they're just, like, tricking us. Like, maybe it's not actually that bad. And then they're like, no, he actually got it's actually worse. brainwashed into hating <laughs> he her. He thinks she's like, a mutt. Oh, great so bad yeah mocking like suzanne suzanne really came like jugularly literally i was like the one constant in my life at age like 10 or whatever was peter malark being in love with katniss everdeen and now i don't even have that anymore oh and then he has to like fall back in love with her and he does like that the, they literally fell in love twice i will literally always the like the Katniss and the moment that like in Mockingjay like, I will always remember is like when she's like you always double not your shoelaces you always take two sugars in your tea your favorite color is orange and then she was like and then it's the I had to go back in the tent before I did something stupid like cry yeah. and I'm like you and know, then all the intimate details of just like little things that are so not important but make him who he is and in that moment yes. he's realizing that she has been paying such close attention to everything that he does and then I know everyone was gagged when we got the Mockingjay set picture leaks and you zoomed in on Peta's shoes and his shoes were double laced I everyone was gagged <laughs> they were like this is insane oh my god I like people died people died people died like, that was truly an insane day for the fans. I'm just, like, those set pictures and all us being, like, look at his fucking shoelaces. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I Mockingjay is just so good. And I I know everyone has opinions about Mockingjay or whatever, but, like, I will always stand by it. Especially because it's such a... I definitely have, like, you know, there were things in the movie adaptations where I'm like, I would have done this differently, whatever. But I think it was a very hard book to adapt because a lot of the plot is like internal sadness, mm-hmm. yeah. like struggles with her mental health and like everything going on with PETA. And so like you literally can't convey all of that into film. Um, but yeah, like the 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 way they did all the scenes between the two of them in that film were literally so good. Like so perfect. I will always stand by Mockingjay and I'll always stand by splitting it into two parts because it is one of the books that actually allows the main protagonist to grapple with the trauma that they went through in mm-hmm. the first two books. Like it actually allows Katniss the space to like cry 
and not be productive and like have her moment to like process everything and I appreciate because I know if they just did one part Mockingjay all of that would have been cut but it's so important for her character and it's so important for the story to actually like see the toll that all of this takes on like a six or like a 17 year old girl like how truly like fucked it it is yeah like some of the moments that stand out to me most in that book are literally in the beginning when she's just like wandering around 13 like not doing anything because she can't even focus on what's happening around her and like people asking her to do things and she's just like hiding because she can't face any of it like it's so yeah like I actually love the way barely anything is happening but like so much is happening and that's why I've seen people be like like nothing happened in Mockingjay part one and I'm like no why don't you understand like and the way the movie opens too with her like uh she's in like the tunnels and they're like miss everdeen like you have to come out she's like five more minutes like she just is like so like and she does the i'm katniss everdeen i'm from district 12 there is no district 12 they like the the thing that she does like it's oh god no mocking Part one literally has the best opening and ending scenes like the ending scene where she's staring through the glass at Peta, like I don't even care, like, and he's, the rest of the movie, but, like, the beginning and end were literally perfect. There was no. No, absolutely no notes. And it's, like, at the same time, Coin is giving her, like, victory speech about, like, rescuing the victors, and she's, like, staring at Peta, like, thrashing, screaming about how he wants to kill her. Also, wow. Josh Hutcherson's performance and the makeup team did a really good job of, like, each time you see Peta, he's more, he's he's skittier, he's more bruised. Mm-hmm. And, like, Katniss has, like, that same reaction or, like, that, like, visceral reaction each time. And I know, like, I think Jen talked about it. Didn't she talk about the fact that, like, that was, like, semi her, like, genuine reaction because, like, Mm -hmm. she hadn't seen Josh on set. And, like, that's also how you know that you got some, that you cast the right people that, like, she was so attached to Josh as a like as as a friend and as a person that like she was genuinely sad to like not be able to see him yeah I just think yeah the like performances in this franchise were so good especially because you know it could have easily fallen into the kind of like YA dystopian and just like general like YA novel to like movie adaptations where it's like it doesn't really matter how good the acting is like we're just kind of putting this book on screen but like literally everyone yeah everyone was acting like I oh my god like where are the awards where are the Oscars yeah (laughs) so actually yeah and like I said like uh, like we said too like I mean obviously like uh the chemistry between Jennifer and Josh is is so good like you can like even now it seems like um they just like really have like that friendship that works so well to then translate onto onto screen when you're playing a couple um I think especially in like Catching Fire it it really shows through like the the beach scene and the pearl like anyway I can't believe you wrote the pearl about the (laughs) yeah I fell in love with the word but nobody told me it ended (laughs) I I miss them so deeply yeah, every time I think about them, I just yeah. end up being sad. <laughs> yeah. Even though they, like, had a happy ending. Like, obviously, they went through a lot. And, like, yeah. their story is deeply tragic. But, like, they have a happy ending. But, like, still, everything they had to go through to get there makes me so sad. 
and just like all the yeah. people they've lost that like didn't get to have a happy ending and that's the thing I love at the end um how they're like we kind of we like owe it to all the people who didn't get to make it this far to like live our lives to the fullest whatever that means for us and it's literally like their life just ends up being like them in district 12 with their kids just like what a lot of people would consider an extremely boring life but like that is what is going to make them happy is to just like live their own lives out with like just the people they care about and nobody else and um yeah doing that just like like, honor the people they lost like uncle Hamish Mm -hmm. with with the kids and having dinner with him and he's raising his geese Hamish at the end of Mockingjay uncle Hamish like uncle Hamish like uh kids I can't even think about it it makes me spiral like it's just it really is like the perfect I mean for them like it it just really is the perfect ending Mm -hmm. and like it's also like what like Peter wanted so desperately like he wanted a life with with Katniss he wanted to be able to be with her and and just and just be with her and that's exactly what he got and he probably even got more than he ever could have once again like we're talking about like Katniss getting uh something she couldn't even dream of like I don't even know if Peter could have ever dreamed of like the life that he had with Katniss like I think in a way he might have even accepted that like he would probably just live a similar life to his father like he'd married someone maybe not her not someone he really maybe deeply loved but instead he gets like this and they don't have to raise their children in the Hunger Games and like obviously like he still deals with like the PTSD and the after effects of like all that he went through but um he still has her that's the thing too is Peta like he never knew what it meant to have a loving family because the family that he grew up in was like very much not that like we know what kind of upbringing he had especially like with his mother and the way that she treated him and I always think about at the reaping when his name gets drawn um and Katniss is like I know that he has two older brothers and like one of them's probably too old but the other one like probably won't volunteer and like yeah I'm just like that's so sad like I know that volunteering to literally go die for someone is like not a lot of people would do that and that's what makes Katniss so remarkable but just the fact that like no one in Peta's she, family she knew so him. immediately that like no one would ever do that for and him just, yeah like and, and yeah when he's like oh my mom was like saying that like you're probably gonna win this year like yeah we might finally have a victor like his dad was like the only one who even kind of like remotely cared about him. I'm just like in yeah when he's like in in Catching Fire during the beach scene when he's like yeah like no one would really care if I died, and it's like he's not saying it in like a self pitying way. It's just literally true. Like yeah, like it's just his family would barely care if he died, and that is so terrible. And then Katniss coming to the realization that like. I would care so deeply if anything happened to him. And that's the first time anyone's ever cared about him that way. And so, like, he was already in love with her by that point. Like, he had been since they were kids. But then he's realizing, like, oh, beyond, like, my little, like, childhood crush on her, there's this very real, like, she cares about me in a way that nobody else ever has. And, like, I need to hold on to that, even if it's not in a romantic way, like, I would want he still like needs her in his life because just of like being loved is something that he never really had up until that point. And it's the same in like his relationship with Hamish too, which I also, again, 
come back to how underrated their relationship is. But yeah, he has that same thing with him too, where it's like, oh, this is how like a parental figure is supposed to love you. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. like, obviously Hamish is not like going to be like dad of the year or whatever. Like he's also <laughs> deeply messed up, but like he still cares about them and protects them in a way that like Peta's own family literally never did for him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he fulfills a, a, um, uh, he fulfills a kind of a role that, and a need that both of them were missing in their lives before him. Like, yeah, they just didn't, they both needed sort of that parental figure who like did really care if they like, lived or died <laughs> like he because does actually really care sadness too is like you know obviously her dad is dead and like it's not that her mom doesn't care about her it's that she's so distant that like it's easy to forget that she does care about her and like yeah yeah you know even if he's not always doing the things that he maybe should be doing or like acting how he should it's never there's never a question of whether or not he actually cares about them because like it's so obvious that he does and so she is like okay yeah I can forgive him for a lot because I never have to question if he cares about me and I never have to question like the lengths he would go to protect me whereas again like with her mother she's never really sure because when their father died and when they were literally struggling to survive like her mother was not providing for Mm. them in the way that she should have as a parent um and she never has to question with Hamish like that he would literally die for her and like try he actively tries to die for both of them like he literally like obviously we have all the stuff with the quell I will literally never stop being mad that they didn't put this in the movie when um they're like authorizing the rescue mission to go get PETA and Hamish is telling Katniss about it and he's like yeah like Boggs I wanted to go raising my hand and I'm like he literally volunteered to go on this like basically suicide mission to rescue Peta and like ooh. and then in the movie where he tries where Peta volunteers but and Hamish stops him and says no don't do this like let me like he literally in that moment to Peta's face is like I will die I will die because yeah. I know that she can make it and I know she can come back to you if you do not get in this game yeah, he wanted them to have uh, Oh my god. That's literally okay. My favorite scene in the entire series is the scene in Catching Fire after the quarter quell gets announced where Katniss goes to Hamage's house. It's the one where he's like, You could live a hundred lifetimes and never deserve that boy. But there's one line in that scene where like I don't remember exactly what they just said, but they're talking about how like Hamage is like, Yeah, it's gonna be bad for me no matter where I am. And it says like something flickers across his bloodshot eyes pain and I literally like oh my god it's my favorite scene in the entire series because I just love Hamish and Katniss and also like what that scene is about being like the both of them like it's literally Hamish being like I need to die to protect you guys and Katniss being like I need to die to protect you and then both of them being like no we just need to protect PETA because like he might be the last like truly good person that exists in our lives because like they both feel so like broken beyond repair by the games but like Peta, you know Peta never like became like that up until like he literally got hijacked and didn't have a choice um but he was still like the same person that he was before the games and so they were like we have to protect him no matter what the cost because like 
they are so similar that they see their own sort of worst qualities in each other. And so they're like, we may be beyond saving or we may like our lives may not have as much value, which is obviously not true. But like, that's how they see each other. And like, they see that PETA, they see, they feel that PETA is so much more deserving of a long life than the two of them are. Anyway, I have to stop talking. Like, <laughs> like no one decent ever wins the games. Yeah. Except that obviously like, by to PETA because he didn't like really win the games like like he did but like not in the way that everyone else who's ever won won like you know like he he didn't go out of his way to like kill a bunch of people or like come up with a way to kill a bunch of people he was just kind of like there always trying to protect Katniss and it worked out that in being selfless and in trying to protect her he ended up winning but it's not because like he's not a decent person like literally everyone else is I mean mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack in that as well but like he's just like yeah. so like his intentions were like always let's go home because if I get to go home and Katniss gets to go home that's like best case scenario but like worst case scenario Katniss still gets to go home and if I'm not there then that's like fine mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like fine also the way like, fine like, for us kick. <laughs> In Mahi, yeah. I know he's like, hello. Hamish literally like changes the entire course of their relationship in that one scene where he's like, "I need you to flip this scenario in your head because if you had been hijacked, Peta would not be treating you like this." And from that moment on, Katniss is like, "No, I need to start helping him." And I'm like, "That was literally like the defining moment in how their dynamic changed from that point forward." And it was all just because of Hamish Abernathy, like. Like I said, understanding Peta so deeply, and like he wanted to help Peta so badly, but he knew that Katniss was kind of the only person who could do it, just because all of what had happened to him and like what Snow did to him was all centered around her. So like it had to be her to kind of like untangle all of that. And also like he was back in thirteen, and they were in the Capitol, and he's like, "Girl, think about this one." And she was like, "Oh, now I am thinking about it, and I actually need to help him get back to his old self." And I was like. How much ever yeah. you are you are everything. Literally. And I feel insane. <laughs> Imagine if I had an episode of this podcast where I didn't talk about Hamish for like 90% of it. <laughs> <laughs> and even, oh God, no. And now I'm just thinking about how Hamish must have felt when they the two of them were both off in the Capitol, like doing the promos and like fighting, and he had to just sit in the 613. And like it was, it was just like the games where like you know no one is telling him anything either yeah no one's telling him anything and he had to basically just like sit there and like hope they live just like he had done when they were in the games but he he could do even less for them now because he can't send them sponsors he can't do anything to try to help them like he literally just has to be like i hope they make it like i hope that they're fine (laughs) him like you know after after the events of like the end of Mockingjay with all the like bombing and um Katniss and Peta first of all Katniss and Peta are both like seriously injured like they both are like their entire bodies are burned and they're like maybe gonna die um and also okay when she wakes up and Hamish is like literally there and I'm like he literally has been so worried about you like I know that he spent the last day like however many days doing nothing but worrying about if you're gonna recover anyway <laughs> 
Also, I, okay, speaking of that scene, though, because Peta also, like, gets burned in that bombing, which means he was, like, in the city circle, like, probably looking for Katniss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel crazy. I feel crazy. And then when he comes back to District 13 and he's planting the, the yeah. primroses and it's the first time that she sees him after everything, or I guess not the first time, or... Well, yeah, ever since, like, this, all this no stuff, uh, where he, like, saves her life. And, yeah, it's, it's the primroses, and it's just, it's just too much. It's too much. And then I think about that scene in the movie where they're sitting there watching the rain, and it's, like, the, and it's the same positions they were on the roof scene in the first movie. No, I was just gonna say, like, Peta, no rest for Peta. He was, like... I gotta do something for Katniss immediately. On my grind. No time to <laughs> I also, okay, this is not really related to any of that, but I was thinking about, like, quotes between the two of them. Okay, when he, like, in Mockingjay, when she's like, guys, I never was on a mission from coin. Like, I made all that up. Sorry that I got so many people killed. And then they're like, what do you think, Peta? And he's like, I think you still have no idea the effect you can have because that's what he said to Amich at the very beginning of the games when, he, when like, they were arguing and he, he was like, she just has no idea the effect she can have. And the fact that that came back to him and, like, that, okay, that specific line just makes me feel crazy because, like, he literally, like, every, by that point, like, everyone else knew how much power she held just in, like, who she was and, like, the way that she like can can lead people without even meaning to and she still doesn't see it and he's literally like after everything that has happened I still want to follow you into like literally battle and like maybe our deaths because of like just how like strong of an individual you are and yeah whenever he would like say stuff in Mockingjay that he had said before and like he like was kind of remembering make me feel insane like even just little stuff I'm like literally Memories back. <laughs> Absolutely unhinged <laughs> behaviors by Susan Collins. Susan Collins really said, "You guys are gonna suffer." <laughs> it's just like so many little things that, like, like when they're um, oh my god, when okay, there's two actually when they're in the Capitol and he like hands her the can of lamb stew because he knew that it was her favorite, and then also um, when he says just because he said it in the first games and he says it again in Mockingjay when he's like I know what blood poisoning is Katniss even though my mother wasn't a healer like just such little things especially when it's a callback to like the scenes in the cave in the first games that were like the primary source of his confusion at that point because not only had they been tampered with but also they were really confusing in the first place because he never knew if any of what she was saying was real but now he's starting to realize that like she actually did have real feelings for him at the time even if she herself didn't acknowledge it and so now starting to like call back to that and it not like causing him to spiral or like freak out or not know what was real and what wasn't and being able to like call that back into his mind and have like a sense of clarity about it that he didn't even have before the hijacking and like yeah <laughs> yeah Suzanne why would you write Man. all that why would you write all that uh was okay was this in a fan fiction or was this in the book when Peta talks about did he start painting and he like showed Katniss his paintings yeah he sh- okay in yeah, okay Fire, when they're on the train because they had to do their like talents and yes was- okay and hers was like designing clothes that she didn't <laughs> design. 
Um, and he's like, I want to show you some stuff. And he like had painted the games and she's like, I hate them, but that means they're really good. Good. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that was like one of those moments where like, I had like a distinct memory of it and like her like saying like, it's like she, he drew like close death or, or like something like that. And I was like, I'm like pretty sure that was the thing that happened. I was like, was that a fan fiction? so much happens between them that I like especially like in early Catching Fire like on the all the stuff that happens on the Victory Tour got like cut down for the movies which like it kind of had to because there's a lot of happening in that book but like there are so many yeah. like little moments on the Victory Tour that I'm like wow I cannot believe that these things actually happened and then like you still took like a whole other novel to realize you were in love with him like we all knew we all knew yeah, like everyone's like, like it was like a Finnick realizing, like she's like, no, I was just like pretending when I was like crying over him. It's the it's the pregnancy hormone. This is like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I know it. Like, I know what it's like to be in love. I also think about that every time I like watch Catching Fire when that scene happens because there's like a long shot of Finnick and he has this like really like thoughtful look on his face and I'm like I know what you're thinking yeah you know Hamish Abernathy was like ripping his hair out the entire time being like guys I can see that you are so in love with each other but I can't do anything because like it's not my business (laughs) cannot interfere with the canon event (laughs) the canon event of all of Catching Fire (laughs) yeah if I was Hamish I would have been like yeah Oh, I don't I don't really have feelings for him okay oh, really. no like Hamish is so much better than me because if Katniss Everdeen came to me and was like yeah but like I don't actually have feelings for Peter I'd be like be serious yes you do like he's so like, for real right now like you know girly girl well the fact that everyone else in their life is just like yeah they've been together also if I was if I was Katniss's mother I think somebody has like tweeted about this RC that being like if you were finding out that your 17-year-old daughter had gotten married in private and then was now pregnant. <laughs> well that's like, like, what the fuck? first games. Her mom is like helping them out because Kat is like, I need to find an excuse to like not literally be with Peta all the time. And her mom is basically like, You're too young to be with anyone anyway. <laughs> But actually, though, she's like 16 years old, and the capital's like, you guys should get married. You should, you should get married. Yeah. She's like, she's watching her daughter get engaged on TV, like, girl. He's like, he did not ask for my blessing. Yeah. Excuse you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my God. I just remembered this. Well, I didn't just remember it. It's always in my brain, but I just remembered that I didn't mention it. That Effie asks Hamish to give Katniss away at their wedding are you kidding me like that and it's such a like throwaway line that he just like says it really quickly and then they like move on and I'm like no wait (laughs) that's the most important thing that ever happened and he was like not that I wanted them to have their like fake capital wedding but like however (laughs) (laughs) yeah that line just being like okay anyway moving on and I'm like I literally have never moved on from that and it's been like 10 years since <laughs> I read it for the first time like anyway do we have final thoughts about Katniss and Peta? I feel like we we covered a lot yeah uh, the couple ever the couple I love the that. couple the blueprint <laughs> nobody has ever done it 
yeah nothing will ever (laughs) why series why dystopian series sure to try but nothing ever came close to touching them oh my god they're elite uh nothing will ever touch them Katniss and Peeta forever Everlark forever (laughs) I love or that I that picture of Josh Hutcherson with this sign we love penis I also Josh Hutcherson we are prepared for the Josh Hutcherson renaissance I'm I'm telling you I'm telling you where this I'm telling you rep or 1989 tv he's in the music video she's been working her way through the YA boys he's next up even if he does have to wear lifts (laughs) because Taylor is so much taller than him (laughs) I just I can't wait for everyone to be like oh my gosh I'm in love with Josh Hutcherson again and I'm like I've been here <laughs> I've never I actually never stopped being in love with him really oh my gosh I've been like living off of crumbs of like when he's on Twitter once every like year I I'm so ready I'm so he ready. just like comments on his like girlfriend's uh uh Instagram like you're beautiful <laughs> He's the ideal man. Like, actually, like, forget Peter Millard, Josh Hutcherson. He is the man ever. He just wants to, he literally just wants to comment nice things on his girlfriend's Instagram and occasionally be in a movie. He's like those girls who are like, oh, like, I want a boyfriend who, like, doesn't really use social media except to, like, hype me up. Like, that's literally him. That's You actually- want Josh Hutcherson? <laughs> no, I'm like, you just want Josh Hutcherson, be honest. Like, me too. Yeah, you don't even have to worry about. They're like, they're like, oh, his agent was like, you can't promote your projects on social media, and he's like, damn, that affects my life zero. I gotta go comment <laughs> on my girlfriend's Instagram. <laughs> he's like, I'm promoting me being down bad for my girlfriend, and I'm like, yeah, so true as you should. <laughs> anyway, um, my closing quote is just literally the end of Mockingjay because like why would it not be um but specifically when she says what i need is the dandelion in the spring the bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction the promise that life can go on no matter how bad our loss is that it can be good again and only Peta could give me that because like yeah that's just how it is <laughs> at the end of the day he is the one yeah. who always made her happy who always made her believe that like things could get better and who was like really truly there for her at the end of this war when like literally no one else was like everyone else was scattered across the country and he came back to district 12 for her because you know his whole family died and like he didn't he had like you know it's his home too but like there's every reason for them to not want to go back there like even Katniss they're just kind of like we're just gonna send you back there because like you kind of assassinated Alma Coyne so like you we need to like put you somewhere um, and she's like, okay, fine. And like, hey, Mitch goes back to kind of like look after her. But Peta like c- chooses to come back and like immediately finds her and is like planting primrose outside of her house. And I'm like, that's true love right there. Thanks for joining me this week on Tales of Panem. As a reminder, I am bi-weekly until November. So the next episode will be out in two weeks. And it is the first episode of next month, which means it's character study episode about Sejanus Plinth. Can't wait. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover, you can jam them to me on any social media or send them to my email, which is talesofpanam at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a review or rating of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be very appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks.